Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Thursday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News, where today we have breaking news. The special counsel, John Durham, the Russia collusion special counsel, has struck again. That's right. He is indicted. This is his third indictment now. The central source, the primary source for Christopher Steele's dossier for lying to the FBI. Now, we're going to get to that in a second. There's a lot of major news in this 39-page indictment. But first, I want to tell you what we're going to be doing on today's show. Uh, After we walk through the Russia collusion stuff, we are going to spend the whole show with one of America's great intellects, one of their great thought leaders here in America, Dr. Carol Swain, formerly of Vanderbilt University, one of the most cogent voices in America on race, on politics, Christianity, on conservatism in America. She was one of the leading voices warning about the harms, the dangers, America's eventual distrust of critical race theory and equity learning in America. And we're going to spend the whole hour with her talking about that, about the how to read the elections, what constituencies did conservatives just pick up, what constituencies did Democrats lose as a result of the 2021 election, and what it might all mean for 2022 and 2024. If you've never heard Dr. Carol Swain talk, you are missing an enormous opportunity, a great intellect, a cogent voice. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. But first, let's get back to John Durham. Yes, he filed his third indictment today, a grand jury indictment, this time charging the Russian analyst Igor Danchenko with misleading the FBI on multiple occasions about his contact with Russian government officials and a Democrat-connected public relations executive. Basically, he lied when the FBI interviewed him back in 2017, did not tell the truth about where he got his information with, who he was dealing with. And I'm going to read you an excerpt because what the FBI says is because Dan Chaco lied to them and misled them, he materially misled the Russia collusion probe, causing agents to continue to go down the dead end rabbit hole that was Russia collusion. Direct quote from John Durham's indictment today. All of Danchenko's lies were material to the FBI because, among other reasons, one, the FBI investigation of the Trump campaign relied in large part on the Steele dossier to obtain FISA warrants on Carter Page. Two, the FBI ultimately devoted substantial resources attempting to investigate and corroborate the allegations contained in Steele dossier, including the reliability of Danchenko's subsources, and three, the company reports, as well as information collected for the reports by Danchenko, played a role in the FBI's investigative decisions and in sworn 
representations to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the FISA Court. Wow, that's a big one. Now, you can read the whole indictment on justthenews.com. You can read my story and take on it. Big news all around, important news. Indictment three, it seems like more are coming, but indictment three goes to the heart of the Steele dossier. If you thought the Steele dossier was bad before, you're going to see just how bad it was. It was based on a source, a subsource that John Durham said lied repeatedly to the FBI. And tonight, we're going to have some more news for you about what Igor Danchenko's sources, what the people he said gave him the dirt on Donald Trump really say, I bet you're going to find out they disown what he claimed was written in those memos. We're going to get all of that to you over the next 24 hours. Start at justthenews.com with the story, Russian analyst, comma, primary source for Steele dossier charged with repeatedly lying to the FBI. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, that treat, I promised you an incredible conversation with Dr. Carol Swain. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And I'm very excited to welcome this next guest to our show. She is truly one of the great thought leaders of our generation, uh, an extraordinary academic at v- Vanderbilt University, uh, a great public speaker, a uh, enormous author, best-selling author, two books in the last year that I've read that I find amazing. Please join me in welcoming, welcoming Dr. Carol Swain to the show. Carol, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor. You know, we're a couple days from uh, the earthquake that was the uh, election on Tuesday. And I wanted to ask you, uh, as you look at what rolled out across the country, there seem to be some very clear messages from the American people. How do you interpret Tuesday's election results? First of all, I think that the American people are far more united in their values and principles than their political leadership. And that the election results in Virginia and the, the contest in New Jersey, that the closeness of the election in New Jersey, that that is just a sign that the American people are unhappy with how far our nation has drifted towards the left. In fact, many of us scarcely recognize America today because we don't seem to stand for any of the principles and values that 
many of us grew up taking for granted that, you know, for example, that if there were Americans stranded in foreign nations, we would use the power of our government uh, to get the Americans right. home. That was something that we knew that we could trust. Well, we can't trust that anymore. Uh, people are concerned about uh, the elections. They're concerned about the vaccine mandates. They're concerned about the fact that government is not even disguising uh, its intentions. There are people uh, that are willing to say that the government owns your children. They own your lives. And uh, our Constitution does not seem to be upheld by the judges and the people that we thought would protect us such as the uh, FBI and the DOJ. Yeah, it is a remarkable moment. And so many, I had a blessing to travel the country in the two or three weeks before Election Day. And everywhere I went, Blue City, Red City, um, uh, there was this sense that America was just adrift, that the America we had been comfortable in for so long didn't feel like the place it was. And, you know, when institutions, I'm going to steal one of your lines now because I remember you say this many times, when institutions don't do the job that we hired them to do, we the people have to be the people who go in and go make a change. Is that really what voters did? They they came in Tuesday and said, you know what, we're putting a stop to this. Well, it was the only power that they had. And even with the vote, if Democrats and Republicans had not come together to send a strong signal to the rest of the world, uh, Virginia would continue to be a blue state. And I think that Democrats show it that they really understand the political process. They don't have control over their party leaders. In fact, it seems like foreign governments like China and, uh, you know, the, the leaders in Afghanistan may have more sway over our government than we the people. And so I think that we the people came together to exert what power we had left, and hopefully it will send a signal a signal to people in both political parties, because at the end of the day, this is not just about the Democrats, it's about the Republicans too, yep. that the elites have forgotten the American people. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was watching a clip and uh, David Oxerod, who was the, uh, the architect of the Obama uh, 2008 win, said that he was watching this election and he said in his head, all he could see was the uh, a party, who's speaking of the Democrats, who uh, thought we know better. They kept telling people, we know better than you about your children, about what you put in your body, what you do. Uh, and that we know better elitism had disconnected them from the very people that make their living with their hands and that the party had grown away from its base in such a way that this was an inevitable reprimand. Uh, how does that happen? How do we get so disconnected at the elitist level, You know, whether it's a big tech, big government, uh, big politics, how do we get so disconnected from the very people that we're supposed to represent? How did that happen in this country? Well, I mean, I think that it goes back to people losing sight of our Judeo-Christian roots. I mean, there were biblical values and principles that guided people, and uh, they had ethical and moral underpinnings that have been rejected by the elites. They don't, they don't believe in anything except themselves and their knowledge, their power, their technology, their version of science. And as a consequence, they dehumanize uh, the people that uh, depend on them. They're not treating us as equal human beings with rights. Uh, and um, they don't see themselves as having an obligation. It's like altruism is dead. 
and any sense of obligation to everyday men and women. And right and wrong seems to become so morally relative now. And right is whatever someone wants it to be at the moment, wrong in that system that said everyone agreed that's wrong and that's right seems to have been obliterated by this, this new culture. In the book you wrote earlier this year, Countercultural Living, What Jesus Has to Say About Life, Marriage, Race, Gender, and Materialism, I, I wonder if you could just describe a little bit about, you know, when people hear the word countercultural, like, what does that mean? But it sort of describes the moment and generation we're living in America. What has happened and how is counterculturalism, if I could make up that word, so essential to the experience we've been having in the body politic? Well, I can say that for people who are Judeo-Christian uh, believers, whether they are Christian, Jewish, and, you know, like, I don't, I don't know a lot about Muslims, but I would imagine uh, uh, devout Muslims that uh, our religious uh, beliefs call us to live in a particular kind of way. Right. And the culture that we're in now takes us to the total opposite of the values and principles that many of us hold dear that we believe, you know, that these things are important. They're connected with who we are as religious and moral beings. Our culture uh, has moved in the total opposite direction. And if we stand for the things that we're supposed to stand for, we become targets. And I think that it's important for people of faith to realize that uh, they are on the outside, that they are living in an environment that seems foreign and even our country seems foreign because uh, our leaders have deviated so far from the things that we thought we held in common. That if you look, if you read, you know, and believe not just uh, the Judeo-Christian teachings, but also our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, our, uh, our sacred text that we as a nation held dear, it seems to me that all of those things mean nothing at this moment to the secular cultural elites who are in control of our nation. And so in my book, Countercultural Living, which was written for a Christian audience, God is very clear about his position about life. And it doesn't uh, make alliances uh, for euthanasia, uh, for the animal-human embryo cloning, for uh, the taking of human life uh, in the form of things that we would consider murder. Uh, God is very clear about what a marriage is and what it should be. Uh, when we look at our race relations, we don't need critical race theory and uh, secular uh, humanism and cultural Marxism to tell us how to have racial reconciliation, that the Bible speaks very clearly about God creating one human race. Uh, and from that, all nationalities derive from that one human race. Uh, we are told as believers that uh, we are supposed to be countercultural. We're supposed to be known by our love for one another. And God is not a God of distinctions. He makes that very clear. And the principle in the Bible is forgiveness. And so in the case of slavery and some of the things that have happened uh, in our past, these are not things that we should hold other people in bondage for for the rest of their lives, we're supposed to be looking forward and not looking backward. When it comes to uh, male and female relationships and gender, all this confusion that we have today, uh, it should not be confusion for Christians who are following their guidebook, uh, because the Bible is very clear, clear about male and female. It talks about the roles that 
uh, each sex are supposed to hold. It talks about church leadership positions as well as uh, within the arrangement of a family. And then materialism, uh, a lot of what is wrong in America, what's wrong even with capitalism, is greed. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, that are hiking up the prices of drugs and with the coronavirus and the vaccines, it's hard not to believe that this isn't about money uh, and power and politics uh, as much as it might be about health care. It's not about health care anymore. It's about something else. We can all see this. And so we are in this uh, culture culture that's moving in one direction, and we are called to run counter to that and to be grounded in our values and beliefs. And so that was what I was trying to say in that book. I used my own life and my own mistakes to, to kind of illustrate how not to live your life. So that was my first Christian book, and it was difficult to write. Really? Because it's Very just, difficult. No kidding. How come? Well, when I was asked to do it, uh, I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. You know, right. they asked initially for 10,000 words. I'm thinking five chapters, 2,000 words each. I'll knock it out. What ended up, um, you know, being probably about four months late, but I had to grapple with the scriptures, what I believe, and uh, and then trying to put the things together in a way that I thought an audience would benefit it, benefit from it. And so, um, you know, like I wrote a chapter on marriage. I've had two divorces. Right. But I wrote the chapter. I shared my mistakes, but I also talked about God's view of marriage. And so I wrote the chapter about life. Well, I know what God says about life. Well, I've had an abortion. I share that, and I believe that it's important for us as leaders to be transparent. Don't pretend that we are something we're not. We're not perfect. We're very imperfect. And when it comes, you know, to race relations, I was born and raised in Virginia. Uh, Virginia has always had its racial uh, struggles and racial challenges. Right. And yet, you know, I believe there's one race, the human race. I believe it's wrong to discriminate against white people the same way it's wrong to discriminate against black people. And I believe that the Bible's biblical justice is all the justice we need. We don't need a social justice rooted in Marxism. That comes through in so much of what you've eloquently spoken. You know, one when people hear you and you're, you're such an elegant person, you're such a, a, a person of great thought, but your life started pretty rough, right? You were a high school dropout, you were a teen mom, uh, and you, you, you went through all the hard knocks of life even as you rose up to be such an essential voice. That connectivity to where you came from, you don't ever seem, when you read the books, you don't ever seem to forget where you came from. And I think that grounds you in a way. How does that help you connect to people when you're, you're talking to them, that, that life's experience, how does that help you convey your values to new generations of kids today? Well, first of all, I feel like I'm called to be transparent. The times I've tried to, you know, fit in or pretend to be something I wasn't, I failed miserably, and it didn't last longer than a few hours And after I made a fool out of myself. <laughs> no kidding, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, true. And so I've, oh, I feel like I've been called to be authentic, but I came, you know, from the poorest of the poor. I was one of 12 children. We all dropped out of school, and I still have relatives that are in poverty, but I believe that God raised me up, and he... uh delivered me from a crippling shyness that I had up into my 40s. In fact, 
I had my Christian conversion experience in my 40s. And it was like God took it away. And before that, uh, I was afraid, you know, to do media and with my first book that won all the national prizes and stuff like that. I had a chance to be on Good Morning America. I did not do it because I was afraid. And, uh, And God impressed on my mind that he had given me a message bigger than me, and I should focus on him, just pleasing him. And so I go forward and I speak the things that I believe are true. I speak the things that I believe that um, um, that are consistent with my faith and what our culture needs. And it's not always, you know, things that are going to make people happy. And my identity is in Christ. It's not in my race. It's not in, you know, the Republican Party. Right. Um, my identity is in Christ. So I see myself first as a Christian believer called to love all humanity, and then I'm a conservative, and uh, and then we can keep going down with identities. And so right. you can get down to Republican, you can get down to Black, but that's not uh, the most important identity. And I think if we, as Christian believers, just across the world, if we identified in Christ first, we would have many fewer problems. Yeah, that's a message that comes through so powerfully in that book, particularly uh, the other book you you wrote this year, uh, Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. I think Tuesday night the house got burned down in a very unique way, right? Because obviously there were school boards that flipped over this issue. Uh, Glenn Youngkin clearly used it successfully. But the ultimate, I think, debunking of critical race theory is the final outcome of the race. We have a Latino attorney general-elect in Virginia. We have a African-American woman for the first time as a lieutenant governor-elect. We have an Asian mayor. We have an African-American mayor uh, in New York. There were no caps. There was no suppression. People voted for the people they wanted. They didn't look at skin first. They looked at policies and priorities and the people. Does the actual outcome of the uh, of this election actually, in its own way, sort of debunk critical race there and the idea that we're inherently racist? It certainly does. And also, if you look at the critical race theory uh, movement, the the uh, resistance to it, it's not white people, you know, resisting uh, racial reconciliation or race. There are blacks, there are immigrants who are taking a leadership role because they know it's wrong to discriminate against someone because of the color of their skin. They don't want their children shamed and bullied. Plus, they see the harm that's being done to minority children. I mean, we are being, um, the clock is being turned backwards. And you look at someone like me who came from poverty, and because we had a successful civil rights movement and we passed three major civil rights acts in the 1960s, people like me got a shot at equal opportunity. I was able to overcome the circumstances of my birth. And like Winston Sears, I was able to attain the American dream we want that for our children and our grandchildren, and that will never come from CRT. That will keep us divided, but it tells our children that they are inferior and that white people are supreme. CRT is a white supremacist theory because it says that white people have this special property interest in their whiteness, that white people are the only people who can be racist. So as a black person, I don't even have the agency to be a racist, according to CRT. Yeah, it is such a twisted take on the American society and, and so antithetical to what we've become. We've had our dark moments and we've had our failures. 
Uh, but we certainly aren't the nation that that theory has tried to portray us as. You said something I think is really powerful, and that is that at the end of the day, both parties need to take a message from what happened in this election on Tuesday night. Uh, if you're talking to a Republican or Democrat, what message, what advice would you give them to interpret these election results so that they can do better for America? Well, first of all, both uh, political party parties seem to have leaders that have lost all sense of principles. Like if you are guided by a, a set of values and principles, you don't have to guess about what to do. You know what to do. And I find that uh, with them, with Republicans, a lot of them are not trustworthy because they're so quick to compromise. And those that call themselves libertarians, uh, more often than not, they are people that really struggle because they can't decide, you know, what is right and what is wrong. They have no moral compass. So a lot of times, you know, like we all, many of us love Rand Paul, but at the end of the day, he's a libertarian and the young people are following him because he's a libertarian, you're more likely to be divorced, I think, from the moral values and principles that have under, underpinned our nation, and you're going to make some bad decisions. And with Democrats, I used to be a Democrat. I was a Democrat most of my life. I find that uh, the regular people, you know, they, they, they still have values and principles, but when it comes to the leaders, they all seem to be sold out and bought out in a way that if they have a principle, they have no qualms about violating it. And so uh, I think that if Democrats could just even reconnect to the party they were 20 years ago, uh, our nation would be put first. Because right now, the interests of the American people, those interests seem to be, um, uh, to, to these leaders, they seem to be less interested in the American people and more interested in globalism and appeasing foreign nations like China. And, uh, and uh, it's all about the money. It's follow the money. And when it comes to the vaccine mandates and all of these things, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, all of these organizations get money from private uh, companies and foundations. They are terribly compromised. They have a conflict of interest. If we're worried about our politicians having a conflict of interest, I'd rather have a politician with a conflict of interest than the agencies that are supposed to be monitoring our health. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. That conflict of interest could be fatal in, in that circumstance. So, Carol, I could talk to you all day. You are such a remarkable voice in American politics and American common sense. And uh, I hope to get you back on the show soon. But I want to ask you this one last question as we, as we head out here. You've been around a long time. You've seen the evolution of America. And you know, we go through these fits and starts, and it seems like the gravity of our Constitution ultimately pulls our, the pendulum back when we swung too far to the left. Was Tuesday night that gravity moment that uh, the American people, Democrat, Republican, Northern, Southern, Western, Eastern, decided that the pendulum had to be pulled back, that we had just gotten too far out of our, our normal uh, identity, our normal base of values? It was certainly a moment that was encouraging for people like me. And it, whether or not it will be influential on the leaders, I don't know. But I think that the American people spoke loud and clear. Uh, they don't like the direction our nation is moving in. And I feel like we are at a, uh, a moment in history that if we don't change course, 
the America that many of us knew, grew up with, and loved, that it's not going to exist any longer because right now we see, even with the Supreme Court and just various institutions that we thought we could trust, right. at least I thought we could trust those institutions, they are all failing. And unless we can somehow get these institutions to change course and go back to uh, their original mission and be, be more committed to the nation than they are to short-term leaders, then um, unless we can get that to happen, I don't see much changing. But I'm very encouraged by what happened uh, uh, Tuesday night, and I believe that uh, the American people uh, are more united than their leaders, and it cuts across political party. And CRT, I would say, is universally disliked across partisan lines, across racial lines, and that if the leaders had any wisdom at all, they would take the message and they would change course. Yeah, that is the key. There was a message delivered. Now the question is, was it received? Carol, thank you so much for delivering so many powerful messages. Every time you write a book, every time you give a speech, uh, you bless America with a lot of wisdom. And uh, I want to thank you for doing that for us here today on John Solomon Reports. We're really, really grateful. Thank you. To God be the glory. Amen to that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for listening. Go check out that story on Just the News about Igor Danchenko. A lot of new tentacles, a lot of new information about just how bad a dirty trick this Russia case was. We have all of it for you on justthenews.com, and we'll have new stories when you wake up in the morning. So check it out. We'll be back with you tomorrow, Friday, to wrap up a really dramatic week of elections, investigations, and so much more right here at John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.